Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann, turning our attention to club rugby in the Eastern Cape. Headline in the Herald on Monday, players stabbed as supporters invade pitch. Rugby game ends in chaos after Jeffrey's Bay narrowly lose their home clash to P.E. Harlequins. It's not a happy story. We're pleased to have the president of P.E. Harlequins Club with us this morning. Mr. Neville Brown, morning. How are you, Neville? I'm very well, Darren. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So when the final whistle blew in the match against Jeffreys Bay, chaos broke out. Explain to us from your point of view, your vantage point. I know there are other views and we'll get to those. But from your point of view, what exactly happened? What got things started? And how bad was it? When the referee blew his final whistle, our little boy, who's normally our ball boy, came off the field. And he was given a very hard smack from the substitute scrum up off Jeffrey's Bay. And that made his father to retaliate and, and went to this uh, player and asked him, why are you doing this? So they had some words there and very hard words. And uh, yeah, of course. And then the spectators started to come closer and closer. And then they even went as far as to the players and they sprayed tear gas or some gas into one of our players, Keenan Frizzler's eyes. And that is where the whole thing actually started. Um, and then we retaliated there, then again, and all of the players, all of the spectators came over the, the gate. They pushed the gate open, which is the interlinking gate to the field. And they just all rushed in there, straight to the players and supporters, and they started attacking and fighting with us. Where was security? We didn't expect. Where was security uh, when this happened? No, I couldn't see any visible security there at all. There could have been security there, but very limited because none, none of them were actually visible. Neville, isn't it a fact, though, that clubs hosting games are supposed to organize security for the occasion? Yes, it is. It's a box mount requirement, uh, our uh, compliance side of the rugby, that, uh, you know, this is an event. That is what clubs mustn't forget. Rugby matches are, is an event, and we need to comply with the uh, uh, Management Act of 2010. You know, there should be police, emergency vehicles should be there. Everything should be there at all time. And and, and I think this is, uh, our, our clubs don't go and, you know, attend or apply the, the, the act. And that is where all these things go wrong. Um, beer bottles coming in, beer cans are not even there. They are allowed to sell liquor in, in beer cans, but in a demarcated area under a tent or something, but not to allow bottles. And nowadays, it's actually cooler boxes full of uh, beers and, and, you know, mm. bottles of wines coming into the stadium. How many spectators were there at the I'll match? Get, I, would, I would say approximately 4,000. And it took place at the Pelsrist Sports Ground, Jeffreys Bay, correct? That is correct, yes. Reports that players got stabbed. What do you know about that, Neville? Yes, it was. We've got proof... Uh, uh, clear proof of videos. Uh, it's doing its rounds on social media as well. The guy with the bottle, uh, broken bottle, it's step one of our players, Devon um, Snayers. That was evident. Everybody could see it. It was in front of everybody. Players hospitalized? He was hospitalized, yes, on, on, on Saturday night. He was operated on Sunday morning. He is at home. We visited him last night. Um, yeah, all his ligaments in his arm is, is, is all broken. We just pray and hope for speedy recovery here. Or... Neville, this is very disturbing. How do we prevent it from happening again? Nelson Mandela said that sport is a unifying force. This has very much divided people. Definitely, yeah. I think, yeah, what the 
clubs need to discipline uh, their supporters and their players. They need to, to you know, to, to preach the code of conduct of every club in terms of their behaviors during club events. You know, and, and clubs should actually take care of, of, of their supporters. They know their supporters. They, they, they should, you know, search their cars and their bags and not allow liquor into the stadiums. And visible security should be there at all times. You're not just three or four guys, people watching actually the spectators, especially in a game uh, like on Saturday. The game on Saturday was very, very close. A final kick by Harlequins, you won 24-22. That would have worked the crowd up a little as well. Yes, of course, because it was also a qualifying game for the quarterfinals for the Eastern Cape Super 14. And And the prize money is 100,000. Okay, so there's a huge incentive. Do you think the practice of selling liquor at rugby games, I know that there are spectators who bring in their own private liquor and you've got to work through that, but the idea of still on top of that selling liquor at club games at least seems like it might be a problem we should readdress. You see, to generate some income for clubs, most of the clubs are just depending on gate fees. So we need to generate some income. And yes, we can have, I I won't go against it, but at least we must be careful what we sell. We can sell it in your beers into into cans. So you can't throw a can on the field or you can't injure somebody with a can. Yeah, that we, we do respect those who do take a drink to come for relaxation, but their relaxation mustn't turn into somebody else's stress. Exactly. Because it's all very well getting the beer in a can, but if you have 10 beers out of a can or out of a bottle, you're oh, still yeah. not going to be in the right frame of mind, are you? That's well, well, if you if you demarcate the people, if you say if you drink a drinker, there's a tent in the left-hand corner, like in the old cricket days, we've got the castle corner. We need to have a specified corner. And nowadays, it's not just drinking. You've also got, you know, the occupied smokers and these different smokers. They also get sometimes... Uh, their mindset also sometimes move. Neville, we're going to leave it there. Uh, We're going to catch up with the EP president, hopefully for his point of view, and also chat to your counterpart, Mr. Vivers, at Jeffreys Bay. I trust you and your team recover fine, those who were injured, and we don't have to see these scenes on a club rugby field again. No, definitely not. It's not good for rugby. Still talking rugby, we catch up now with the vice president of Jeffreys Bay Rugby Club, referring to the match against P.E. Harlequins at their home this past weekend, where a crowd invasion ended with a few players being stabbed as well as other injuries. Mr. Thomas Vivas, thank you for joining us. How are you today? Thank you for allowing me to be on the podcast, man. I'm really great and uh, an honor to be giving this opportunity. It wasn't a happy occasion. What did happen from where you were sitting? How did events unfold? Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't a happy occasion, man. And, uh, that's definitely something that we don't want to see in rugby ever again. So basically what happened uh, from where I was and, you know, where the way I see the events unfolded mm. was straight after the final whistle was blown. Both um, teams got into the middle of the pitch and um, they shook hands because, you know, when um, the match is finished, that's, that's the honorable thing that you do. You shook hands with the, with the team who either won you or lost against you. So the guys shook hands, and um, at that stage, both supporters from from both clubs came onto the field, obviously to either congratulate the team or to uh, comfort the ones who lost. <laughs> Put it that way. And um, while they were still coming onto the field, you could see that there was a tussle between uh, the on-playing 23 right. of both 
of, of both teams. That's when the marshals rush onto the field and the executive of Jeffrey's Bay also rush onto the field and form the human chain around around the the, the incident that is that is that was occurring at that moment. So basically we tried to stop it and eventually we did it successfully. So now you can you can imagine the picture in the middle of the field, um, the marshals is there, both clubs players is there. There are a few spectators also who already came onto the field to congratulate or to comfort. And then out of nowhere, one of the spectators from from our side <coughs> sprayed tear gas uh, into into the crowd or at some Harlequins players. You know, right. Immediately after he did that, he ran back towards the supporters of Jeffrey's Bay, who was already busy exiting the field. You know, mm-hmm. so he ran, he ran back to the gate where the supporters are exiting. Once he got into the crowd, he completely got got lost into the crowd and obviously disappeared. Right. But, but three Harlequins players chased after the boy, and it was three of them who wasn't part of the match 23, chased after the boy away from the safety net that we created in the middle of the field towards the our spectators. And the one who was ran, who ran in front got to the gate where the, uh, the spectators were already leaving and hit um, a minor, I think the boy is about 16 years old, hit him straight into his face and broke his nose. A case is, has been opened about this. And broke his nose, which obviously at that stage we didn't know his nose was broken. Only find it out uh, when he obviously saw a doctor. That's when the crowd of Jeffrey's Bay um, retaliated and chaos break loose. I understand the crowd is in the region of about 4,000 people. It's the home team's responsibility to make sure there are enough marshals and security on site. Were you happy that you had? Because it seems as if there weren't enough. We were happy at that stage. We were happy with uh, the the marshals that we had, the security marshals that we had. You know, we had enough security on the field, at the gates, and on on the field, at the gates, and outside of the stadium as well. And uh, we have quite quite a big number of, of, of executive members who help uh, with occasions like this. So as far as the safety aspect is going, we, we really got that covered. Um, and it was less than 2,000 people, to be honest with you. It wasn't that much. But surely there should have been security strong enough to prevent this event from happening. The fact that it did would lead one to believe security was lacking. It depends on how you look at it. You know, we played six games in this competition. Four of the four of it played we played at home. And and the last three that we played at home, we had exactly the same security with exactly the same amount of people. And none of the incidents happened. You can even you know when you go on social media you will find remarks about how great we we are as hostess and you know how safe they felt and what an occasion we have created for visiting teams coming to our side. Because these things, because, so obviously that means something uh, uh, was done right previously on the three games, and we did exactly the same thing. You, you can't anticipate something like that happen, which happened on Saturday. And then it's very unfortunate, and we, we don't condone any of it. What do we do to prevent this from happening again in future? Because I'm sure no one at all wants to see a recurrence. What needs to be done? You, you can look at a number of things that should be done, and uh, I, I, I personally feel strongly about uh, getting your local people involved in an event 
that is as magnitude of the SS1 that we currently have, you know. So basically what you should do is clubs should speak to local security companies to assist on match days, you know. Even if even if you have to pay them out of your your gate fees, yeah. you should also speak to the local police, get them involved, have a van on standby so that they can call easily if something like that break out, so they can call for backup. You can either you can also increase the masses that you have. You know, instead of using twenty, you can use thirty or thirty-five or forty. What about liquor being sold at club rugby games? Not just at your venue, but at a number of venues where we've seen minor problems raise their head in the past. <laughs> That's a very tricky one. You know, grassroots, grassroots rugby and, 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 and club rugby level, it, it becomes a culture for, for people who come to the stadium on Saturdays to make it a park and chill session. So they come with liquor. Uh, that would be very difficult to control. But you can, you, you know, if you really want to put in extreme measures, that's that's the way to go. You need to contain it by telling people that this is not going to be allowed anymore. You know, no glass bottles to enter the stadium. You can you can um, make it strictly that it should only be cans and, and, and paper cups. We have to start looking at it because if you want to take the rugby to a professional level of security, we have, to, we have to do as, as much as possible to prevent incidents from happening like this. Do you think the fact that it was a very close game and a very important game contributed to the, the tension? 24-22 with a kick in the last minutes, settling it for the visitors. There are always a lot of emotions and a lot of passion involved when it comes to club rugby. I mean, everybody can tell you that people are going crazy for the game. So to tell you that there wasn't emotions involved, that will be a lie. There was emotions involved, and losing a close contest like this is quite a bitter pill to, sm- to swallow. But we have lost previously a lot of games in close contests with very little margins between the two teams. But we were still man enough to you know, shake hands and move on from that. On Saturday, there was the, it was no different. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Have EP Rugby reached out to you at all? Have you reached out to them? What's their reaction to this going to be? Are disciplinary procedures pending? Yeah, EP Rugby uh, reached out to us immediately on Sunday evening, um, putting all our home games on suspension. And um, depending on the case that they're currently investigating, um, the outcome of, of the investigation will, will determine where we are uh, with Club Rugby in Jeffreys Bay at this moment. Obviously, we, we're not happy with the, with the sanction that they give because we believe that there are two teams involved and they should have given the same treatment to Harlequins like they did to us. You know, not to, We don't want to put any blame on, on anyone, but we, we both contributed to the deals. I think we'll leave it there. I'll try and get comment from EP Rugby as well. Uh, Thomas Verbus, Vice President of Jeffreys Bay Rugby Club, thank you for joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today, sir. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. EP Rugby President Mastorp Cannon now joining us as we talk about horrific scenes seen on the club rugby front this past weekend. Players stabbed as supporters invaded the pitch. It was a match between Jeffreys Bay and P.E. Harlequins. Mastorp Cannon, this won't have made you happy. Uh, n- not at all. Not at all. I think it came as a total shock to, to the union, uh, to the leadership, and I, uh, to, the, to the whole region. Uh, that's now the, the Nelson Mandela Metro, uh, because one club is from Nelson Mandela Metro and Sarah Bartman. As the other club is from Sarah Bartman. That's our, our jurisdictional area. That's our catchment area. Uh, that's the area that we are service, servicing as a union. 
uh, in trying to develop rugby and also create uh, some excitement uh, on Saturday afternoons where our communities can come and, and relax sure. uh, within a, a fair, fair, in a safe environment. There shouldn't be acts of violence uh, in, in, in the game, nor on the periphery where spectators uh, are, are seated. So, yes, it, it was horrific. The scenes that we have seen is horrific. The act itself is violent and horrific. So uh, we are condemning it. Uh, we cannot uh, condone this. We cannot tolerate it. Uh, it's, it's something that we can do without. Where does EP Rugby take this process to? I would imagine you're doing your investigations at the moment. Where do those take us and what sort of sanctions could be laid down? Look, as, as uh, what we've done, we've invoked obviously an arbitrary uh, uh, rule where we, after our discovery of, of the whole incident on, on Saturday evening, uh, on Sunday, we... Uh, draft a letter, I signed it and, and delivered it to the club and say to them they are uh, suspended with immediate effect in terms of home ground uh, uh, games. This is Jeffrey's day. That is now inclusive of if they, because our, our leagues are also starting at any moment, uh, or if they have a friendly, because from Saturday's uh, uh, Contest, they've been eliminated from the current competition that, that's still continuing. Um, so the club is suspended pending a full investigation and, and pending a formal inquiry as to what happened, who should we hold accountable uh, uh, for it. Um, so, so yes, there's due processes because uh, I... Uh, everybody would understand that we need to give people a chance to come. And I, I don't want to say defend themselves because the situation cannot be defended, but we want to hear the other side. What happened? Give us a, a almost an, in, in a, a, a better reflection on what happened on, on the day because we're only sitting with visuals. we also s- sitting with that... Uh, uh, Three people have suffered violent uh, acts, uh, and it has. They all three have needed uh, um, medical care. Sure. So it's a it's a concern to us. So yes, we will allow a due process to unfold. But we've started it because uh, we entrusted with it as 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 leadership. Um, so we there's a precautionary suspension on on the club. Mastop, your thoughts on security. I understand it's the home team's responsibility to arrange adequate security. Given what happened, it would seem that maybe the security was not sufficient. Your thoughts? Uh, yes, uh, the responsibility is is the host that they should safeguard everybody that's that's entering the the facility. Uh, we know by law that all our uh, club games are categorized as low risk, but uh, it's low risk, yes, 
But the, the onus is on the, the club. That's what the rule, our rules are saying, that the host should guarantee the safety of everybody on, on uh, inside the venue. Mm. Be, uh, at first, your visitors, referees, and then also have some measures of, 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 of crowd control. Um, so that in the event of, of anything untoward can happen, that you, 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 you are ready to deal with it. Now, from, from face value and from correspondence from the club, they have said they had all those things in place. Um, in fact, they are putting a version that, that obviously needs to be tested. Um, that there were nothing untoward happening uh, throughout the day, even at the, uh, during games. At the end of the final whistle, this happened apparently well after the final whistle, and it caught them caught them by surprise, and they were unaware of of that that it's about to happen. So, but this obviously we uh, we will test. In a pro in, in in our due processes, sure. uh, okay, liability if 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 any, because we need to come up as as your as you have led me before that we need to now be cautious. We need to have definite plans in place as to how we will um, deal with issues of this uh, caliber. Uh, so, so that it doesn't happen the way it, it, it happens uh, to, to us. I, Not day, that day and age. I understand. Just of wider implication, a question for you regarding the sale of liquor at club rugby games. Is that a contributing factor? Do we need to look at that again or not? Um, Darren, you know, I've, I've, I've been thinking about this. Um, obviously, I think rugby generally... Um, or sport, that is, um, is 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 uh, especially uh, rugby is associated with. Uh, it comes with beer and braai. Um So it's 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 a very difficult one. Uh, I I can't say that hey, now we must consider to have dry zones at rugby fields because. Um, these games serve as, as an income stream for our clubs uh, that we cannot uh, deny them um, because from from a, a union side we we're still not in a position where we can fully subsidize these clubs and and the spectators coming uh, to these games are, are clubs captive markets um, and uh, I, I know our clubs makes provision that uh, you can come in because they put a a a, a price tag on 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 what is what are these things um, cooler bags and things to get some control over it. Mm. Um, if we should shouldn't uh, move closer with clubs and probably to the, to the suppliers and ask, okay, keep your brand. Keep the bottle shape uh, the same, but can't you, when it comes for sporting events, have a plastic container? Um, I, I don't know. I don't have uh, um, 
the 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 ready-made answers to it, but it's obviously something that we will have to look at sure. uh, to better control these type of things. If not, then it will mean that clubs must intimately during games take the rounds that these type of 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 of, of bottles that can become weapons is not lying around and is removed immediately and not wait until something of this nature. We appreciate your comments. Good luck in dealing with a very tricky situation. Master Cannon, the president of EP Rugby. Have a good day. Thanks a lot, Darren. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.